Tony Duchesne here on Drinks with Tony, and welcome to episode number 91 with author and talk show host Isaac Fitzgerald. The 100th episode of Drinks with Tony is coming up in about eight weeks, and uh, my original plan was to do a live event in San Francisco or Los Angeles with a panel of writers and a live studio audience and musicians, and now that looks like it's going down the pooper with COVID. So, um... I'll try to have some special celebration marker for the 100th show coming up. Maybe I'll just read the Bible for 40 minutes, or, or I'll, re I'll read erotic letters from the Song of Solomon. Hey, this is Isaac Fitzgerald, and you're listening to Drinks with Tony. Get on the Drinks with Tony show! Yeah. You're listening to Drinks with Tony. I'm your host, Tony Duchesne. Today on the show, we have Isaac Fitzgerald. He's the author of How to Be a Pirate. Knives and Ink, and Pen and Ink. Isaac, how are you doing? Tony, man, it is so good to see you, to see your smiling face, to see that big, bushy beard. Tony and I go back. That's what, that's what listeners should know. Tony and I go back. Way back. Way back into the uh, San Francisco zone. That's right. That's right. The big old San Francisco. That's why I'm comfortable. You guys are probably listening to this on audio, but I'm wearing a robe. Tony's, you know, I knew Tony would be okay with me, with me wearing a robe for our sit-down today. It was a little weird when you just kind of let it open and I got... All over. right. All <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, man. Thanks for having me on. How are things? Things are okay. I'm just... I'm, I'm happy to see your face. I don't know. There's just... You know, it's just weird when you've like known someone for a really long time and we have history, but like history of back... Way back in time where it's just like there's a comfort where I see you and I just go, oh, home. You know? That, that's exactly how I feel. It's, it's wild to me that you're in L.A. Cause that's, and you're right, because I'm sure it feels wild to you that I'm in New York City. But it's like one of those things, because when I see you, that is, I have just like memories of Mission and Valencia Street and just like, you know, those, those days. So it's yeah. good to see your face. Oh, thanks. It's good to see yours, too. Hey, so um, speaking of, your face was on the Today Show a bunch. Can we talk about that? Yeah, that's a weird. That's a weird thing that happened somehow in life. Who knows yeah. how life, where life's gonna take you? I won't, not to bring it back to San Francisco, which I feel like is gonna. We're gonna do that a lot. That's fine. Um, I'm open to it. I like. I went, I went to Zeitgeist. I, I, know, I know you are. I went, I went to Zeitgeist, uh, which is a bar that, and one of my like old coworkers like jumped up and was like, "There I was." My parents were waking up for work, and I was home for the holidays, and I hadn't gone to bed yet. And all of a sudden, you were on the television show, and my mom thought I'd lost my mind because I was just shouting, "I know that guy! I know that guy!" But that's truly like that's that's he saw me on the Today Show, and that's how it feels like to be on on a show like. That for me, it just came up through BuzzFeed. They asked me if I'd come on and do book recs. Happy to do it. I work with an incredible producer there, Malia. She's wonderful. They do so much for books on that program, which is wonderful. Uh, but it's one of those things like my grandmother has no idea what I do. I could never explain it to her in a hundred years. Uh, but uh, you know, she sees me on the Today Show. All of a sudden, she at least knows I'm, I'm not dead in a gutter somewhere so that's that's what comes with being on the today show is that uh your family members are no longer as uh what's the word i'm looking for as uh they're not, they're not upset you're not a doctor yeah they're not a, yeah there you go they're not as disappointed as they're still disappointed but not as disappointed anymore that's 
that yeah but it's really cool I, truly i think it, i've been doing it for five years now which is wild to Ooh, say. So you, still, you still do it yeah when, before yeah, that yeah they basically they try to have myself on and they do it with a lot of other authors now too which i absolutely love to see but they i'm usually on about once a season and cool. so i get and i i really like that too because after stepping away sorry i'm just like talking but after stepping away from buzzfeed books um one of the joys of it, if I'm being totally honest, was all of a sudden I didn't just have to read contemporary literature. It was the first time I've been working, I've been covering books basically online for almost 10 years. And it was one of the first times that I got to walk into a bookstore and be like, oh, I haven't read that book from the 1980s. That's a blind spot. And I get to, because instead of just constantly reading what is contemporary, I get to read kind of whatever I want, which is great. But the Today Show is a nice way of keeping me a little bit grounded in contemporary fiction, making sure that I have to read some of the stuff that is still coming out today. And I really, you know, I appreciate that connection because as you know, as we both know, years in the scene, it's like to, to stay in touch with literature and the literary scene in its contemporary moment is so important to me. It, and it's funny because I know exactly that feeling of going into a bookstore and actually wanting to buy a book because I was, you know, I used to write for the, I used to write book stuff for the San Francisco Chronicle and a bunch of other things. So I was always keeping, I, my reading list is always high. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The books yeah. are always sent. And so you've yeah. got a big pile of books. And then when you're off a gig like that, and then the, 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 the public, the books from publicists start to go down and then you're, and then you go into a bookstore and there's, it used to, I would go into a bookstore back in the day and go, how can I get this for free? Maybe if I cover it. And then um, that's, you know, this is like over 10 years ago. And then it's, it's just yeah. like, how can I get books sent to me for free? And then you get to the point where you're like, can I go back to a bookstore and buy a book, please? Can I do it normal? <laughs> I, I want that feeling. I want that, I want that, that fresh feeling again. I, I'm trying to remember. It was, um, oh, I'm trying. I think I could even look up the first book. I, I believe it was a Dennis Johnson book. Uh, I might, I, I, I have, I want to say angels is that I'm like looking at my bookshelf. It's the one on the bus. Anyways, I just, I, I have the clearest recollection, Tony, I'm not lying of the first time after I stepped away from the job of walking into its community bookstores right here in Park Slope. And I just like walked in and was like, Oh, I can read whatever I want. And that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. That's a beautiful, and I think that happens to a lot of, like, it's interesting to hear you talk about it that way, because I think that's, it's very much what happens to a lot of folks, is you come into this world as an outsider, as a reader, as someone that deeply appreciates it. I don't totally know your background, but, like, I personally never went to school for it. I love that people do, uh, but, but, but there's, this, there's this, this kind of moment, and I, I couldn't quite point to it. I can point to when it felt like I returned, I'll say that. But it, there's a moment where it shifts, where you go from kind of being somebody that hangs out at the bookstore, hangs out at the library, and you're very interested in it, but you don't, you don't really feel a part of it. And then eventually you do become a part of it. And like, and like you're saying, all of a sudden, there's almost this joy, this recapturing of youth when you're like, oh, I get to just feel like a regular bookstore patron again. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's, and it's I, I was realizing that, um, I, I think it was last year, I was, you know, I was, go I was like, you know, having one of those uh, weekly, what the hell am I doing with my life? I've done everything wrong, right? And, <laughs> but I was walking down the street with a cup of coffee and a book and a notepad in my hand. And then I realized, oh my God, 
this uh, from my 20s this is all i wanted to do you know may, may i thought you know in my 20s i thought i was gonna be sipping cognac at a you know on a balcony in paris i just happened to be sipping coffee in a patio in los angeles <laughs> and this is the, this is the, i've attained the goal i've attained yeah. it. that's all i need yeah and you get to talk to people about the things that you love and the work that they make and it is it's really beautiful you did it tony good job we're talking about man <laughs> that's right that's right i want to oh go ahead no go ahead go ahead i want to go back to the today show because i want to i want to know what it's like so i want to i want you to take me through the journey of what it's like when you have you have to be on set for the today show so what is so what time what's the call time for you to be on yeah uh, let me let me do that i want if, if if you'll allow me yeah i'll do this in the form of a very good story yeah. which i don't think i've ever shared publicly but i don't think she would mind me sharing it great and that is the time that i met ann patchett on the today show so to start with your answer to answer your first question which is uh call time's not that bad uh -huh. and and you, if you want to talk about um feeling weird about where one is coming you know let's let's just say that i never was the type of person that ever thought i'd have a car that had my little name in the uh passenger side window and let's be very clear this does not happen very often but when the today show sends a car they do and they do they they like pick me up from my house it's the fanciest that i've ever felt in my entire life is that moment sometimes there's no name and it still feels very fancy. Don't get me wrong. But when the name is written in the window, there's just something about that where I'm like, ah, Ooh, I want to take a photo and send it to Ma. Uh, but no. So, so, so yeah, I gotta tell you, yeah, let me interrupt you there. Yeah. I, I so like, I love those moments as well. I teach once a month at the Los Feliz library. They put a cone in the parking lot for me. And, <laughs> and every time I go, I take a photo of that cone. I know the feeling. And the librarian laughs at me. He's like, did you get a photo of the cone again? I'm like, yes, it's the only reason I teach here. I need the cone. It's just, it's the little things in life. It you is. Know, it's, it's, it's those little touches uh, that, that make you feel like you've come a far way. I, yeah. I, I understand. I understand where you're coming from. Uh, with the cone, I, and so that's and that's it. So they, they it's usually like seven o'clock. So again, not that bad. Like I, when I did AM to DM, that was like I had to be at work at the beginning of that, like five thirty AM. Which again, so many people that do early morning morning hosting like have to be there like four or earlier. Mm -hmm. It's wild. But today's show is not that bad uh, for for being a guest. Which I'm usually the, a guest on like the eight o'clock or the nine o'clock hour. I usually get picked up at around seven. Go there. Just everything, everything that people say about television is just absolutely true. It feels a lot smaller when you're there. Of course, when you see it on television, it just feels so big. And, 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 uh, and, and they, they work very hard to make it feel that way. But the set itself is, is pretty small. Um, but so you jump cut to the set real quick, too fast for me. Because I want to know what craft services is like. Like when they when you when you get there, are you in? Are you putting the makeup? And then are you? Do you also go over to the craft service table? Yeah, yeah. So, so they got makeup. They got makeup for you. But you know, listen, this there's it's there's no big. It's not like a movie production. There's no like big spread. Don't get me wrong. You got you got some fruits. You got some coffees. You got a bagel. Uh, the the folks that work so tirelessly on the show, like that's it is it is something to be said for like it's a very good example of why unions are important and why union jobs are very good. Like there are people that are always there that after, again, I only visit probably four, 
maybe five to six times a year. But like over those years, I've gotten to know people there because they are always like, that's, that's their gig. They, they wake yeah. up, they, they do the makeup for the today show and they got the rest of the day to themselves, which is rad. Uh, so, but you can go and you can get a touch up, which is of course very nice because my face needs all the help that it can get. Um, there's a nice craft service table. It's all very nice. Uh, but you know, it's not, it's not, nobody's eating steaks. You know, you're, don't get me wrong. I think, I think there are some private rooms in the back for the very fancy guests, but they're not letting me rub elbows with like, you know, Harrison Ford or, you know, any Lizzo like that's, I, I don't get to go back in those big important rooms. Uh, and then they wire you up. This is the part that I love though. And this is where kind of the Ann Patchett story comes in. First off, everyone that works on that show, the, the audio visuals, the camera folks, the people that help make the food, like they're all incredible. They're so kind. It's such a, like a fun experience to be on that set early in the morning. Like, I don't know where they get that vibrancy and that happiness, but there is a lot of that on that set and that feels so good while also being incredibly sharp and good at their jobs. Yeah. Like you can tell these are people that are, they've worked very hard, very long in a difficult industry to get to where they're at. And it's also, they're also all about the craft. That's what I love being around, uh, you know, being around like on TV uh, sets for uh, TV shows and stuff. And you see the same crew and just the li the lighting guy, you know, the, the whole team is just, they are so focused on how they're going to make sure it's lit well to tell the story. And they're all for the story. And it it, it is so heartwarming to see all these people, uh, you know, just coming together and they're passionate about their piece of the storytelling process. And that it's, there's a beauty to that. Yo, yeah, no, it's, it's, I abs I absolutely love it. And I live for, I kind of, you know, it's, it's the best part of it. Don't get me wrong. Uh, I also still get very nervous. I want to be very clear about that. Like I love seeing everybody now at this point. It almost feels like I'm getting to like catch up with friends when I visit, but I'm also always still very, very nervous about uh, being on national television. That does not go away. I think for some people it does, and that's why they're very good at that kind of work. I still, to this day, every time, it feels like the first time, I feel it super It's live, nice. too, right? Is that Which correct? Is, is it live? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's live. Pressure. They can't go, wait a second. We flubbed that up. Let's go to take two. All right. Oh, yeah. Uh, real, fun, real fun aside, Valentine's Day, I definitely called uh, Just Kids, Just Friends. Uh, <laughs> and was it corrected or did it, did uh, it no, luckily then they came back around to me for the next book and i got to say just for the record uh i just called it just friends it's just kids you should yeah. and, and so you know like stuff like that happens but this this one moment was just like so perfect for me so uh ann patchett was one of the other guest authors i'm so thrilled to meet her i uh, had just heard wonderful things was obviously such a big fan of so many of her works uh and 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 you know, was a little flustered, but like very happy. And so we're we're meeting for the first time. She of course looks incredible. She is dressed for national television. I have a tendency to just like I wear what you knew I wore in like San Francisco, like black jeans, black shirt. Call it a day. Uh, and she sees. I'm looking at my phone because, like I said, I get nervous and I'm just kind of cramming. Like I've written all the notes of everything I want to say. You know, you know, don't say just friends, say just kids. I'm going over the notes. And she sees on my phone, uh, basically a photo that's my background of my fiance, Alice Sola Kim, an incredible, incredible writer. And she just goes, who's that? And at this point we are on set. And the way that the room works, every single corner of the room is a different set 
and then they move, the cameras move kind of during commercial breaks. So you get this experience that it feels like one large room, right? But really they're just re-coordinating and, 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 and doing it. Like basically it's magic. It's like, uh, I mean, I get it, television magic, but it feels very much in line with New York City and Broadway and theater. Like there's just all these set changes happening all the time and all these people making it happen. But we're on our bench, we're sitting next to each other. She says, who's that? I'm like, oh my gosh, a chance to tell Ann Patchett who Alice Sola Kim is. I'm like, her name's Alice Sola Kim. Uh, she's written this incredible story. It's called Mothers Lock Up Your Daughters because they're terrifying. You should definitely look it up. I'll send it to you after this. Oh my gosh. And she goes, oh, oh, oh really? Your fiance? And I go, yeah, she's my fiance. Amazing. She goes, how long? Uh, when's, no, she says, when's the wedding? And I just stopped short for a second. Because Alice and I had been engaged, I think at that point for like a year or two. And both of us are very good at different things. But one thing neither of us is good at is planning or decorating. And that's what is important uh, for a wedding. So we hadn't really gotten around to the whole having the wedding part. So she goes, when's the date? And I was like, oh, we don't have a date yet. She goes, oh, really? How long have you been engaged? And I need you to know at this point, like the cameramen who are, you know, in my mind, they're smoking cigars, even though that's not legal. And they definitely don't. But they're just like these big, beautiful... Yeah, they, they look like they need to have a cigar and a, and a 24-ounce beer can. That's yeah. what they look like, but they're actually working their asses off and doing a good job. But stereotypical-wise, they need the cigar. Exactly. And they, and they, and they have these – I think they've gotten smaller cameras now, but it, it, they're, they're, at this point, they still have these kind of big cameras on rollers. Um, and so these, they, they do basically, like I said, there's these set changes. It almost feels like a ballet, just these big union guys moving these giant cameras. So they're starting the, the, the cameraman dance, if you will, where the cameras are starting to shift from whatever they were just filming coming over to kind of our section. And I believe Samantha Guthrie was the host that day. She's a wonderful person. And, and Samantha Guthrie is walking towards us. And Ann Patchett says, oh, how long have you been engaged? And I hadn't thought about it in a minute. And I was just like, ah, well, I guess, I guess at this point, probably two years. And at this point, Savannah, Savannah Guthrie is sitting down and the cameramen, the, the, all the cameras are starting to face us. And Aunt Patchett goes, oh, so, so no date in a couple of years. And she literally, Aunt Patchett, she, she reaches out and she touches my shoulder. And at this point, the cameras are on us. Somebody's counting down and Savannah Guthrie is like right there. And Aunt Patchett goes, you know what my husband always said? And I said, what's that? And she said, a long engagement is just a very polite no. And I need you to know that in that moment, cameras went up, lights were there, and like Savannah Guthrie was just like, so this summer's fiction. And if you watch the video for about one, like not even one, like half a second, you can see that I feel the need to like go run and make a phone call. Like yeah. I just look very distraught. And uh, Ann Patchett, uh, literally since then, we have like become friends. She's been very wonderful. She was kind enough to blurb how to be a pirate. Um, she's a wonderful, wonderful person. Saeed and I, we were in Nashville once. We got to eat breakfast at her house. Uh, she's an incredible person. But that, that was definitely like the biggest, like, all right, let's see, let's see how you deal with this right before you go on live national TV. Oh that yeah. said, I did not mess, that was not the just kids, just friends moment. I, I messed that up all on my own. We, we handled that one perfectly. Uh, to, that said, she still, like she, she saw Jason Reynolds at the National Book Award and apparently I came up and, uh, and she said, ask him when he's getting married. I believe she's even, she's even gone so far as to say that she would officiate it at this point. Really? Uh, yeah, I mean, you know. I, Do you I have a date now? No, we don't. 
<laughs> no, that just means no. No, how did you? <laughs> Would you say? Yeah. Now, long, my husband always says a long engagement is a very polite note. Trust me, I'll be able to. That'll probably be the last thought that I have before I die. It's just <laughs> that's. It was so perfect. She, your great grandchildren, you're like, a long engagement is just a polite no. What does it mean, Dad? What does it mean? Ah. She's, she is such a charming, like, charming, charming woman, but also just so sharp and funny. So that that is, um, that is sorry, that's more, that's more a story about Ann Patchett than the Today Show. But. No, but it's fantastic, and it gets us behind the scenes. And I want to know, so you, you keep your notes on your phone. Do they, do they ask you, I mean, do you have to give them your notes before you go on? Because they kind of have to know, right? Or yeah, no? You don't, you, don't, you don't give them your notes, but you do give them your picks. Um, and that is just to make sure that somebody else, like, so like my most recent time on uh, before we lived in this terrible, difficult moment that we're living in, um, I wanted to do my feelings um, which is this great essay collection. I was so excited about it. And I sent it in and Lisa Lucas, who's the executive of the National Book Foundation uh, was also going to be on it. And they were like, too late, Lisa already picked it. And I, like, I was like, damn. So that, like, that can happen to you because they want to make sure that you're not like uh, over, you know, picking the same book that somebody else has. But other than that, like they are incredibly, like that's the nice thing. They really they don't trust give their you guests. notes then. They don't go, wait a second, yeah. what if you, that's great. Yeah, it really, it really, like, and that, I think that's why it works. Um, it, and and if, if you look at the Today Show and GMA, but they've all done a lot more book coverage, it feels like, over the last few years. And I think that's because they've had good authors and good books people on and trusted them to make good picks. And I, here's what I think about the pandemic. I think books are going to, books are going to thrive from this. It's, it's a bummer now that, Authors can't tour and just, it just, it makes me so sad because so many of my friends are, their debut books are coming out this, you have three or four friends, debut books coming out in this quarter. They can't tour. And I'm just going, oh, but at the same time, I just have hope. Am I, is it false hope? Am I, am I just no. losing my mind? Am I losing no, my mind? No, no, I think, listen, I think there's three different, I'm, I'm excited to talk about this because there's three different things. Like, so one, I, my kid's book, I was very lucky in that I got my tour done kind of right before, like literally it was like the first week of March. Um, I came home on March 10th and basically haven't less, left my house since. I mean, obviously to like go get groceries or something, but like I've been doing that kind of stay at home. And I think New York really started taking it very seriously about March 16th, but around March 10th, like, but that was me getting out. I felt very lucky to have gotten my book tour in. Uh, that said, of course, it meant a lot of other events in the coming, like I think I had like every weekend for the next three months was booked up and down the East Coast and all those events are gone. So of course that's very sad, but I felt very lucky that I at least even got to have a tour. Then I was talking with a friend who had a book come out kind of right when the stuff hit the fan. And I was like, how are you feeling? And they were like, I just feel lucky that I got a book launch. Right. And that, and that's cause that's, that's part of it too. Writing a book is a very lonely experience. Um, and the book tour almost feels like this, uh, Hey, you can go see other people now <laughs> and like, yeah. and like have a little small celebration. So at least he, the, they, they were saying, at least they felt that kind of release for people that have books coming out right now. Um, you know, obviously, like, listen, it's a difficult time and there's a lot harder there's a lot of hard stuff happening right now and a lot of people are dying and it's really really sad and 
fucked up. But I do want to hold this space and hold, a, uh, you know, a small, uh, not a small, a large amount of empathy for people that who were, imagine working on a book for years. And this is when it was slated to come out. And all of a sudden, not only can you not go on tour, but there's the attention, like all this other stuff. Like it's, it's a very tough moment. And my heart, like I hope there comes a time, I know things aren't gonna go back to normal, but whatever the brave new future is, is when there's a time, I hope we get to have like a few parties and a few different cities that maybe celebrate five to 10 books at once. So like that person gets to feel like they got their moment and got to be celebrated. On top of that though, I'll just say, to get to your optimism. Um, <laughs> Which is rare. Let's no, see. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. And I'm over here like being the sad sack. Uh, but no, but the, but the optimism, is, I, I don't believe uh, you, you are, are off in that feeling. There's a few different things going on, which I will say, again, so this is me being very silver lining Isaac. Uh, but one, people are doing these online events, much like you and I are having this discussion right now. People can log on. I've, I've gone to a few of them myself. I've hosted a couple of them. Um, Alice has done some. It's kind of nice that people can log in from anywhere in the world. Exactly. That's, there, there's something sexy about that. Right. You don't have to be in New York or LA or San Francisco or, you know, depending on how big the book is and how lucky people are, they maybe get to go to New Orleans or Houston or Kansas City. But even then, we're, we're only talking about kind of metropolitan areas. Yeah. And the fact of the matter is, is right now, you can watch somebody with one of the biggest books out from the comfort of your own home, have an incredible conversation with somebody hosted by a bookstore. So the indie bookstore is still making those sales, whether it's Greenlight or Books or Magic or Skylight out there in L.A. or or whoever, um, and, and there, there is one, there's a nice kind of thing about that, that people can come from wherever, not just around the country, but around the globe. Um, and then the second thing that I've, I've heard, and uh, I'm, you know, this is just, this is more, you know, I, I don't have numbers to back this up, but I've talked to a few bookstore owners, and they are saying that people are buying more books at the end of these events. Are you, you've heard that as well. Uh, no, I'm giving a thumbs up saying yes. Yeah, yeah. Be well, because I think what's happening is people that are logging in, one, we all want to support each other right now. That's yeah. what you want to do in times of crisis, of course. But two, it's like, oh, well, I live in somewhere up in New England. I was never going to get down to New York to go to a, a bookstore event on a random Tuesday night. But because I can watch this great conversation from the comfort of my own couch, like, yeah, I'm going to kick the bookstore and the author a little bit of money. And yeah. so... I think we saw that reflected. I, I saw some story going around today about Publishers Weekly and like book sales kind of being up a bit. Um, and again, I don't know the actual breakdown on those numbers, but it kind of makes sense to me. I think people have the time to read and I think people are really striving to, to support bookstores, which not to just segue because I'm talking a lot, but the Save Indie Bookstores campaign, which I got to help out with in April, was this incredible thing from the Bink Foundation and American Booksellers Association, they've raised over a million dollars. So like, I think that's, and that just speaks to the fact that people right now really want these independent community bookstores to be open when all of this, again, not that it's going to end, but whatever the brave new tomorrow is. Yeah, exactly. And I, and <clears throat> I'm looking forward to it. That's, that, there's, 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 there's still hope, still hope. Oh, hope. That's um, right. So, uh, so then, okay. Back to back to the Today Show because I love the dance. I love that. Just I'm gonna ask you just one or two more questions. No, please, please, then, please. 
So then, okay, you're cut, you're wrapped. After you're wrapped, so they got your car waiting for you to take you back? Tony, I don't know if I've ever felt more bougie in my whole life than talking to you about this because I don't know if I've ever been asked these questions. But no, let, let me tell you, Tony, I'd be a liar if I said that. It's wild. That's, that's how I would have done it too. Car to make sure that you get there on time, right? Car to make sure you don't miss your hit. But then they should definitely make you take the subway home. Oh, sure. Do they, give, do they go, here's, do they give you like a per diem or something for your... Uh... No, that's, I would love something like that. But no, I'm telling you, you're actually right. They have a car. Yeah. I feel very fancy. And they, they will usually, they will give me a ride back to my house. If I return to my house. I will say this just because I feel like I'm talking to you, an old friend. Got to keep my cred up a little bit. Oftentimes, I won't take the car because I'm in Manhattan. I got to be there anyways. It's, it's a nice idea to be able to drive back. But usually... I'm so like wired up after after being on TV. Like I said, I still get nervous, even though it's like nine or ten in the morning. I usually try to go like have a breakfast at some diner somewhere, just cool off for a second. So I usually tell the driver like, you know, pretend like you drove me home if that helps with any kind of financial thing. But I'm I'm gonna go eat eat eat, eat a late breakfast somewhere. Kind of get back to normal because uh, <laughs> I because because it, it runs so high and it runs so hot and then it ends in an instant. And, um, you know, it's, it's funny. Um, I, I don't know who there was like some reality TV star who happened to be some singer. I forget her name, but she was on Ellen. So she was tweeting about how horrible Ellen was. I don't know if Ellen's horrible or not, but she was tweeting like, yeah. And after the interview, she didn't even look at me. And, and I'm like sitting there going, that's TV, darling. <laughs> what are you talking about? It, you, you, you're on, you're on at this heightened level. And then it's like cut wrapped. They're in meetings for tomorrow's show. Is, you're, you're just, you need to like just step back and go get your breakfast and sit alone and, and, and just go, that was cool. And that, this is how TV works. It's just like, it just, it, it's almost like they just shoot you into the sky and then all of a sudden, boom, you're down. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's, that is the thing for me. Like, and again, every host has been so kind and wonderful to me on that show. And every producer has been wonderful. And everybody that works on the show is absolutely wonderful. Uh, but that is, that is very much part of it is this, is this like, um, this feeling. And I think you can, anybody can relate to this that has performed in any kind of venue or in any kind of, whether it be a live reading or just kind of anything, there's that moment where you've got to focus on you and you're very, kind of jazzed up about it and then this then it's gone and it's just on to the next thing and that's it's actually only a few minutes and or you know maybe it's a play maybe it's only even a few hours but that is like that is part of dealing with that is is that like this that's it'll then you're just on to the next and that's that's the way it goes it's i feel like it keeps us humble because it's just like spotlights on you spotlights on you spotlights not <laughs> you're just like well wait I'm back with me and my thoughts. And then you're like, okay, I, I got this. I got this. Time to get a big, big old plate of eggs. Big old plate. Oh, of that eggs. sounds good. Um, well, I, what was I going to So, so that, but you were, so this other show that you were doing was AM to DM. Um, Absolutely. Do, do you think that, do you think that had helped getting you onto the today show? Like, did they see you and probably see your energy or? No, vice versa. Really? Um, yeah, yeah, I was already doing the Today Show when BuzzFeed decided that they wanted to part, or Twitter and BuzzFeed partnered to decide that they wanted to make a morning show. Um, and then uh, there was a lot of tests 
they, you know, they brought people in and they did, you know, basically camera tests. Um, and it was wonderful because we did camera tests for like a week or two and Saeed was gone. Saeed was like, I think he was at Tin House. I think Saeed was at the Tin House Writers Workshop. Um, and then uh, he came back on a Friday and they put us on camera together. And it was just, you know, it was kind of this beautiful moment where you just saw the producer kind of be like, oh no, this is, this is, this is, this is the dynamic that we were kind of looking for. And so, yes, yeah, Saeed and I got to do that. Uh, we were under contract for a year and a half, but we started three months before that and we started rehearsal. Like, so basically we did it for about two years. Um, cool. Did our, you have to join SAG for that? No, 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 no. This, the, the, I, it, it was like all very brand new internet world feeling. Um, and then Saeed and I, on May 24th of last year, uh, both decided, you know, basically we both decided that we wanted to focus more on our writing careers. Uh, the show, the show went on, which is absolutely wonderful. And they got two new hosts, but we decided not to renew our contracts. Um, and that means that this month, basically, it's been a year since I wasn't working on that show. That show was an incredible experience. Uh, Said and I, like, I, they, our, our fondness for each other is not a secret. Like, I love that man very, very much. Uh, we, the, the, like, the, the best kind of, kind of way to, to, to put it for myself is just like, we had no idea what we were getting into in the best possible way. But to talk kind of just a little bit about television, like I already had a newfound respect for like people that have to do the same thing every day. And that's what it is. That's what it is. It's doing the same thing every day at a particular time. Um, but my respect now- a particular tone. Don't you have to keep a tone that's, I mean- Well, that, again, that, that was the lovely thing about the show. They let us- <laughs> they let maybe maybe too much so but they let us kind of just speak our minds and 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 be at whatever tone we wanted and and that was it was to be honest quite lovely to feel backed up in that way and to, oh, that's cool. at, at certain times we even criticized the company uh at certain times we, we criticized twitter uh and we never we never got notes or anything like that Great. Which, yeah we, yeah it's a, it's a, it's it's definitely like what, good stuff what was the, so your call time was five thirty. Well, well, so that, that, that was at the start. Then we, then we got better. And that's, so that's the thing. But like, to walk you through the day, 5.30 was at the beginning. By the end, we had gotten it, I think, to a smooth 7 a.m. Uh, and so 7 to 8 was writing because we had to be reacting to the news of the moment. 7 to, AM, uh, 7 to 8 was just writing the scripts. Uh, was that just you and uh, your partner, or, was, or did you have a, a couple other writers as well? Oh, yeah, no, it was me, Saeed, uh, uh, there was a staff of producers, incredible, oh. incredible people. Yeah, no, absolutely not. Like that, like so many people, that's, that's, the, that's the other thing, that's the thing that's also different. So many people, of course, also work on a book, especially when you consider the editing and the marketing and the publicity. Right. Uh, but to make a show, it just takes so, so many um, but if I'm remembering correctly, it's seven to eight. Wait, is that right? Maybe it was seven to nine was writing the show. Nine to nine thirty was like makeup, getting ready, which by the way, we did ourselves. Very proud of that. Always looking fresh and clean. And then 10 a.m. five days a week, every week, live for an hour. Um, and that 
again, that's just a much smaller thing. So like GMA, the Today Show, like it's really, it's about showing up every day, especially for some folks at unbelievably early hours. And it's just really impressive. It's just very impressive uh, that, that people can do that and do that with such regularity. Personally, like I'm so glad I experienced it. Um, but I, and I think obviously Saeed uh, shares this with me, like we wanted to do books. Like yeah. it's fun to talk about television. It's fun. Like it's always wild. Theater is the same way for me. Movies are the same way. Uh, I love that I've been able to work on different shows, movies, theater stuff. Like there's, there's a background of all that, which is great. But at the end of the day, like for me, it's about trying to write a book. Yep. And, and that's, I mean, that's, that is very, very, very difficult in its own sense. Uh, more from a lack of structure than overstructure. But, um, but I'm, I was, ha- let me put it that way. I'm happy for the experience, but it's not something I, I wish to pursue full time. <laughs> yeah. Cause you got, if you got to go live an hour, five days a week, that is a lot of work. After you, after you're done with the episode, do you get like, do you get episode notes and try to figure you know, is there a thing? Yeah. Yeah, like, you, know, you get out of there and then are they feeding you breakfast and lunch? See, these are the important questions. Are you guys, <laughs> what was breakfast and lunch for you guys? <laughs> what was breakfast and lunch? Uh, no. Yeah. Again, like very spared down compared to like a union pared down to like a today show or GMA or union thing. So uh, I think the company did get lunch uh, on certain days. Um, and then, there was not a breakfast situation, but that's again, cause we kind of, we wanted to work really hard to get to that 7am start time, which oh, yeah. Yeah. felt like a normal, normal time. Um, but let's see, what am I trying to say here? So we got the, lunch. The, 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 also, how do you, like, you, you showed us how to get into that day. I want to experience how you got out of the day. Yeah, yeah. So, so then at 11, 11, 15, like the show's over usually go get lunch a little bit. And then, yeah, it's kind of what you were saying earlier. It's just then on to the next day. So then you meet with producers and you would talk about it um, for, you you know, you just talk about what your upcoming segments were because the way the show was broken down, basically the first half of the show was very much in response to the news of that morning. So we'd write that that morning. But the back half of the show, you usually knew which celeb was showing up, obviously, who you were going to be sitting down with, who you're going to interview. So you would be, you could spend the time reading the book, talking over the pr- producer, producing the segment, um, you know, going, maybe going to a screening to watch the movie if you're talking to some actors or a director about an upcoming film. Uh, and so, yeah, like, it's like, Again, super exciting stuff, given especially personally my background. Like this is, it's not something I ever thought I was ever, ever, ever gonna be doing. Um, and so it was, it was wild and, and, and fun to experience it. Uh, while, while at the same time, like you, you all of a sudden realize like these little segments, these little three minute, five minute things that happen on television, like a lot of work goes into making that happen. Isn't that crazy? I, I, I think it's just, um, I think it's cool because, you know, like you look up to, like, I look up to David Letterman a lot, but man, doing it, you know, doing something like that every day for 30 years, after the first two or three years, the novelty has to go away. I can't fathom being that excited about showing up and, but, but he has more of a comedian background. So he's, you know, he's more it's 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 what it's kind of his, his life purpose but when you really got to write a book you got to write a book and having that what having that crazy of a schedule does not lead to getting anything on paper <laughs> it leads to lots of naps sleeping and naps 
I did. I did come to embrace the nap. I was not a big nap person before, but I did come to embrace the nap. Yeah, especially for the five thirty call time. Because what time would you have to get up to get there? Uh usually, yeah, like four thirty. Yeah, that was. Yeah, yeah. Rough, rough, rough. Yeah, <laughs> not, not, not the funnest. You're all, you're all, you know what, dude, it's going to be great to talk to you, be on Drinks with Tony so we can talk books. And all I'm doing is asking you TV questions. <laughs> it feels other to me, though. It feels so other, especially like no. TV, you know? No, I mean, listen, it's a fascinating industry. Like, that's how I felt, too. Like, it, it's, I mean, it's how I still feel, even though, like I said, it's wild for me to think that I've been doing the Today Show for almost five years, but and that I did this show for basically two. Um, but it is a fascinating world to kind of get a window into, for sure. Yeah. Um, so I, I understand it. And then what, what did you do when uh, you, you, wrapped your, you were wrapped off of AMT DM? Did you uh, go celebrate? What, 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 what do you do after you're like, I don't have to get up tomorrow? I... Well, that, that was it. I mean, that almost brings the conversation full circle uh, because I was still, I, one of the parts of the show that I was very proud of was that we were, we were always shining a light on contemporary authors. And so I walked to a bookstore and, and that's where I saw it. And I, and I, and I, am, I am sure of it because I actually saw it on my bookshelf here. It's Angels. I, I, I picked up a copy of Angels by Dennis Johnson and realized I could read that book uh, and not have to talk about it and not have to interview anybody about it uh, or, or share my opinions on it. Yeah. I just got to read it and enjoy it. And that just felt very, very wonderful. It's almost like you get to, you get to go back to just having a relationship with the book without it being an orgy. <laughs> <laughs> that is one way to put it, Tony. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, and, and AM to DM, did, where, where did you guys shoot? What part of New York? Uh, uh, basically right by Union Square in the, in, the Buzz, in the BuzzFeed offices. Oh, okay. So you, so you, had, to, you had to train it. You'd subway to, uh, from Brooklyn to there every day. Yeah. 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 I, you know, I, I, I hung out in New York for a few weeks last uh, fall, and it was a blast. I had so much fun. I hadn't spent that much time in New York in my life. And just being on a, you know, just taking the subways around. I got lost like three times. I had to, I had to be, you know, I had to be somewhere at a certain time. I was giving myself two hours to get to that to places that should take me twenty minutes, and sometimes it took me two hours because I'd end up on the wrong train and be in Flushing, and have to get back from Flushing. <laughs> so, yeah, I. Well, no, it's 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 funny that you bring that up as well, because so that was that was one of my promises to myself. So at that point I had been living in New York, I think about six years. And one of the things I really hadn't done a lot of, I'd, I'd worked a lot. I'd, 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 I'd been working quite a bit, but I didn't really feel like I'd gotten to explore the city or that I had a connection to the city in that same way that I had a very strong connection with San Francisco where I lived for almost a decade before I lived here in New York. And that I, you know, I absolutely love, 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 love San Francisco and loved my time there. Um, but this, this past year, I've been trying to hold myself to exploring as much of New York as I possibly can uh, in that way that you are like, you know, you come here as a tourist and you get to try. And that's true of every city, right? You don't go see the spots in LA until somebody comes to visit you or something like that. But yeah. I really wanted to 
be it on bicycles, skateboards, subway, all the numerous ways, walking, uh, just explore larger swaths of this incredible giant city that I was living in that I didn't feel like I'd gotten much to know very much at all because I basically spent time either in my house or at work. Yeah. Um, and so, and that, that has been one of the highlights of the past year. Of course, it helps procrastinating on the writing of the book. Uh, but it's research, man. No, no, it's research. It's yeah, it, yeah, it's research. It's like, I, why am I drinking this scotch for research on a character? Don't know what character yet, but I'm sure it's coming. Yeah, but it's, it's very much just like, it's, 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 it's such a beautiful city. Like, New York is incredible. I mean, and all, like, I have so much fondness for San Francisco, for New Orleans, for Los Angeles. Like, there's so many wonderful cities in this great country of ours, and they're all different and diverse and unique, and, like, there's no reason to, like, play a comparison game. I just felt like a stranger in my own city, and I'd lived there for almost more than a half a decade, and that felt weird to me. And so the past year has been such a delight, kind of discovering all these things about New York that I didn't know. And I'll say this, I'm even trying to do tourist stuff. I haven't done it yet, but I re- man, I've never been to the Statue of Liberty, and I'm going to get out there. Uh, it was on the to-do list before all this crap hit the fan, but once I'm able to, I'm going to get out there. But, um, and didn't you grow up in the East Coast? Yeah, I grew up, I grew up in the south end of Boston. Okay. Uh, and so I grew up in the 80s. Uh, it's a much different neighborhood now than it was then. Uh, but I, I lived uh, an inner city kind of childhood, and then, and, and you lived in the weather too, the weather of the north, the east coast up there. Where oh, Tony, that is that is that is the one thing. California had changed me. Did everybody, it? Every, it's still to this day. Everybody says, "Oh, but you grew up in Boston, aren't you?" California made my skin so soft, so thin. <laughs> I still, man, I hate I hate winter. That was the one thing I fooled myself when I moved back here. I was like, oh, I remember winter. It's like sledding and like hot cocoa with some whiskey. It's cute. Uh, no, it's terrible. And it's and it doesn't get easier. I will I will say this. I'm sorry. When I worked for AM to DM, there was a pay increase. With that pay increase, I bought a proper winter jacket that that has made things. I won't lie. I before that I was basically wearing like two sweatshirts and a pea coat, and that is no way to do oh. these. You got to do that puffer jacket. Yeah, I got I got one of those sleeping bag down to the ankles. Yeah, because um, because I yeah because when I was there it was it was very cold for me because I'm Cal, you know I'm all California now I'm in LA so even San Francisco I'm like oh my nipples are hard <laughs> and, <laughs> like it's too chilly up here <laughs> yeah and then I'm uh, I'm like okay now I'm in, now I'm in New York and it's just like dumping rain on me and I gotta like but. I was uh, I was talking to people about it, and they're like, "You don't you don't understand. Winter's rough, but spring it makes spring sexier than anything in the world." It's and that's that's so that is definitely an East Coast mentality that like is a philosophy that I kind of say a lot, which is like, "Why do I bang my head against the wall? Because it feels so good when I stop." And that to me is what a winter is like. A winter is almost to punish you. So that, whereas in San Francisco, it was just like permanent light jacket weather, which let's be honest, my favorite. I'm not a t-shirt guy. I like a good light jacket. I'm a yeah. light jacket kind of guy. Uh, but but New York, you get pounded on the East Coast with that winter. But then it does make spring feel all that more glorious, which not to be bummer for a second again, is what made being stuck inside for the past few months 
Such brutal. This yeah. is the time you're supposed to. This is the time you're supposed to be out flowering and just enjoying it all. It's yeah. That you, I, you guys really got gypped for uh, for you, you 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 did the winter. You were ready for it, and then you're gypped right now, and it's terrible. The 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 winter uh, the winter was not that bad this year, which it was at least a, a small small thing. But yeah, it was. It's, it's, it's tough to, I mean, of course I can put on a mask and go for a walk and stuff, but it's tough not to, yeah, exactly. Not to be like, you're not, you're not get a glass of wine at a bar and hang out. And exactly. Was that your first time in New York? No. Right. It kind of was. Well, I went to New York when I was a teenager. I went Jehovah's Witness headquarters was there. So I was in New York. That was my only New York experience was four days at Jehovah's Witness headquarters in the late eighties. And then, um, and weirdly, you had a more you had a more fun time this time. Oh, dear Lord. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was even there, kind of working, and it was just a blast. I'm going, this is rad, and it was, and I, I was there in such a beautiful way because, um, it's, I, I was shadowing a director on a TV show. So, the, as they were doing location scouting, we were just all in the production van, all upstate New York, in New Jersey, to do it. They they were setting up this. The, they were setting up the. Uh, it was it was kind of pre-production prep for the for the uh, the next episode. It was the best tour of all of New York. I'm like sitting there going, "Oh my god!" I'm like, I was at I was like taking photos out of the van as everyone was like working on stuff, and they're just like, "Fucking Californian!" <laughs> I'm like, I know, I love this. But you what love it. That's what bridge are we on? That makes that makes me really happy, and you know, of course, I look forward to like the next time you you are able to slash you do visit sorry the jehovah's witness that is that that's the watchtower right yeah i feel like there was a big i don't think it's there anymore but if i remember no, they, left. they made an exodus to uh upstate but it used right. to be brooklyn heights and there used to be like a big clock right like yep. a big red see that's that's not from when i lived here this time because I, I used you know like you said i grew up on the east coast so i used to try to get down to New York any chance I got. And I, I just, sorry that you said that. So I went in a little memory moment. Yeah. Oh, the watchtower. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Isaac, thank you so much for coming on the show, man. It's been a blast. Hey, Tony, seriously, thank you for talking to me. It's really wonderful that you're doing that. What, can I ask what number episode is? Is this like? I have no idea. You're like in the 80s? Not, like you, you've done a lot of these. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, well I, 84. Well, I'm putting up 85 tonight. That's so. amazing. Yeah. That is wonderful. Carla well, Malden, Carl Malden's daughter. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. But seriously, man, thank, like, thank you so much for coming on, uh, for having me on. <laughs> Look at that. That was the old AM2D I'm coming out. Uh, but also, like, just, just, it's good to see your face and catch up. And I look forward to, because that's, we were supposed to be at the LA Times Book Festival not that long ago. I look forward to getting to see you soon. Isaac Fitzgerald on Drinks with Tony. Check out his new children's book, How to Be a Pirate. Come back next week when our guest is Kim Dower as we talk about her book, Sunbathing on Tyrone Power's Grave, as well as her responsibilities as the City Poet Laureate of West Hollywood. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next week on Drinks with Tony.